The following program is intended for mature audiences. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. It's Big Boom Radio Friday, people, so it's time once again for the Big Boom Radio podcast, Riffs and Rants, with Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee. Both barrels, both sides, and a lot of good music, too. All I know is this violates every canon of respectable broadcasting. Indeed it does, my friend, indeed it does. And we'll be right back, folks, after the first gem of the day. your blood going man. you really and got me yes yeah that of course is by the mighty van halen mm-hmm. and it's a remake of obviously the kinks yeah, song one of their the more kinks. famous songs and they did a fantastic job but van halen like plugged in all oh, the they, amps they on that blew it away as, <laughs> as much as as much as i love the kinks and as much as i love the songwriting yep. of ray davies they they took that and they blew it up. They yeah. just and absolutely for, blew for it up. For a band that made its bones working parties and doing covers of famous rock songs, yeah. what better way to hit the mainstream running with 
a remake of, of a King song. Oh, so absolutely. Happiness absolutely. all around. Yeah, got that the was, blood that flowing. Was, that was tasty. I liked it. I dug it. So, anyway. Anywho. John. Yes, sir. I am here to report. I'm here to report on the Generational Wars. Attention, Mr. and Miss America and all ships at sea. The report by Michael Sean Lee. <laughs> I absolutely love this stuff because... It's like it's like watching a, a, a tennis match, only they're lobbing dynamite at each other or, or Molotov cocktails back and now forth the over the net. Now, for good folks at home, before you dive into this, I think you need to give them a rundown of the players and ah, who's involved okay, here. Okay, okay. Well, it's 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 involving Gen- Generation Z once again. Okay. Um, and it appears... What's a, a rough age bracket? Uh, I believe, from what I've been able to... Uh, research and ascertain that it's people born after 1996. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so we're talking, you know, mid-teens, young adults, mm-hmm. and it's, it seems like they're coming of age, you know, and they're, getting, act, they're getting activist, <laughs> and, uh, and they're in that idealistic stage, sure. you know, that we all go through at one point in time oh, before, yes. before all, all of our aspirations and whatnot are crushed by reality, yep. and we become cynical, drug-addicted drunks. You know? There you go. Yeah, it's, it's the That's inevitability of everything. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, but, yeah, apparently Generation Z is now turning on the millennials. All right, now Generation Z, yes. what's an age range there? Well, that's, that's the age range is after 1996. Okay, okay. Um, uh, basically, they're turning on their parents, which is also an, an inevitability sure. with teens. I Natural. mean, that's also part of growing up. Is at some point your parents become embarrassing to you. Yes. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and for good reason usually. And it's something we all go through. And it's funny because it's something that you should always remind the younger generation, mm-hmm. the judgmental generation coming up that one day you're going to be wearing these clothes and you're going to be in this <laughs> position. You know, the kids that you scrimped and saved, yep. you know, to put through college and whatnot. And, you know, have fed for years and put up with all their shit and bailed them out of jail and all this other stuff. They're going to turn <laughs> this around is how they now. Think, yeah, yeah, right? they, this, is, this is it. This is it. It's coming back now. And uh, in, in all honesty, I can't think of a generation that deserves it more than the millennials. Yeah, because they, they judgmental as hell. Unlikable they, bunch of cousins. Yeah, they turned on their parents. So here it is, kids. We're finally to the point now where millennials are in their 40s and, you know, and that's that's apparently gross to the younger generation. <laughs> You're over forty. It's it's disgusting and gross. And they are turning on the millennials with a vengeance. Um, I see. According to what I've been able to research, this flared up in June. Uh, apparently, someone. Um, and this is this is one of the things is you, you can always judge a generation by which facet of social media they use. Okay. And of course, Gen Z has moved on uh, from. You know the the idiot stuff that their parents use, like like Facebook, like Facebook right. and Twitter and whatnot. <laughs> but apparently, someone discovered someone a Twitter user discovered that uh, Gen Z was really really taking a piss out of the millennials on TikTok. Huh. Apparently, not too many millennials TikTok. I guess. Right. Um, which uh, you know, on the surface, I can't say I blame them. That's just kind of <laughs> embarrassing to admit that you would TikTok. But um, it seems that. Uh, the crux of the issue with Gen Z is they no longer want to be compared to millennials. Okay. Um, and they've been vocal about it on their social media. Mm-hmm. And this person who was a Twitter user apparently ventured over to TikTok, found some of the comments, some of the choice comments that, that they were making, uh, you know, judgmentally about 
their parents for all intents and purposes. Right. And they posted it on Twitter. And it started some kind of war, some kind of backlash. And or, or as the media would say, a firestorm. Yes, a clash, if you will. <laughs> and this is, of course, after uh, Generation Z vivisected the boomers um, <laughs> with the whole OK Boomer thing and you know the whole calling the coronavirus situation the boomer remover. Oof. Yeah, this, this mixed in there somewhere. That's some gallows humor that's, there. That's nasty. That's nasty. <laughs> I, I kind of admire that in a way, in a really perverse way. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, apparently now they're turning their ire on the millennials. And, uh, well, well, qualifying it by saying the boomers are still the problem, mm -hmm. you know, and nobody likes boomers. I personally don't give a shit either way myself. I don't particularly like anybody. But Yeah, I don't have a dog in this race. No. Yeah, they're all equally annoying in yeah. their own special way. Well, that's the wonderful thing about it is we don't have to care. <laughs> we can just look at this and laugh. Yeah. You know, I'm still Generation X, you know, cynical, drug-abusing criminal, and, you know, <laughs> this is why I can have fun with this shit. And, and I say and they, I, could, they could throw turd bombs at each other all day, just oh, don't hit me. God, yes. Yeah. You know, and just, yeah, I'm, I'm over here watching, kids. You're entertaining <laughs> me, and I'm enjoying it to no end. But, uh, yeah, amongst the, uh, amongst the gems, if you will, of mm -hmm. the criticisms, uh, they, uh, well, let me see. Oh, God, I've got to read my notes now. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have had that last shot before we came Yeah, because you read those so well earlier. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> well, first up, uh, millennials are lame because they grew up under boomers. Apparently, some of, the, uh, some of the things that, you know, carried over to the next generation. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, boomers were the first age group to make fun of the millennials. Um, so, again, you know, boomers are still a problem, but, you know, we've sidelined them briefly. But... Uh, but Gen Z is taking the piss out of uh, millennials for, amongst other things, their love of Harry Potter. Now, I can't wrap my brain around this. The, their love right. of Harry Potter and something about what Hogwarts house they, they identify with or something like that. Right. I mean, I, I personally, I saw the first Harry Potter movie and I was on Mushrooms at the time and it was up <laughs> in San Francisco. So that was an interesting experience, but I didn't. You know, I caught bits and pieces here and there, right. channel surfing and whatnot, but it never really became a thing to me. It seemed pretty lightweight. It is. Know? And I believe my quote making through like 20 minutes of the first Harry Potter movie, what is, what is this tripe? Yeah. Yeah. It was, <laughs> eh, you know. I mean, if you were on Mushrooms, it was kind of interesting and it was kind of fun. That would probably make anything but interesting. That was pretty much the end of it for me. Yeah. But uh, another thing they called the, called the millennials out on was uh, embarrassing T-shirt slogans. Huh. Apparently, that's a thing with millennials. Uh, they think that T-shirts that say, I'm fluent in sarcasm <laughs> are peak comedy. <laughs> I, I didn't know this about millennials. I don't pay that much attention to millennials, quite frankly. And I don't read many shirts. Yeah. So you know? it's like, okay. Uh, and apparently, they're taking them to task for their love of coffee, of their love of Starbucks, and their idiot terminology. <laughs> and like, don't forget avocado toast. Uh, yeah, avocado toast. Yeah, that came up, too. <laughs> And that's something that's again. A thing. It's a thing. Is it really? Yes, and it's it's the avocado toast at least has been parodied in uh, cartoons and it really? commercials and everything. Yeah, man, I'm that much dis because it's disconnected a stereotypical to all this stuff. thing that that goes. Is with it really? That, right. It sounds kind of disgusting to me. Yeah. Quite well, honestly, our, look, our, our boy Tom Brady vouches for it. It's like a, a, a really? life saving food is yeah, no avocado shit. on toast. Yeah. Wow, I I didn't know. Part I of didn't the TV know. Twelve method. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. News to me, but hey, you know, hey, you learn something new. What do we day. know? 
We and survive on pizza and, and, and alcohol that comes in plastic bottles, so don't ask us. There we go. <laughs> and, you know, quite frankly, I'm in agreement. Anybody who uses the term adulting is an asshole. Yeah. You know, yeah. I just, I can't, yeah, you're, you're just pigeon, pigeonholing yourself on that one. And I've seen that, and they're kind of smug, mm. you know, with that bullshit. I guess they also get on them for wearing jeans and sneakers, which is, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it was real punk rock when you were in college, guys, but uh, right. I think we're, we're past that, or maybe we should be past that. I mean, that. but then again, they, they should cast, and I lump all these generations together, because in my mind, they equally suck. Everybody has their... Uh, and that's yeah. our view from afar. We can look at them, lump them all together, and yeah. be like, it's just stupid kids that don't know anything, they haven't experienced anything in the world, and they got a fucking yapper that doesn't stop. Oh, yeah. But realistically, yeah, I, I, I look at them, and I'm like, you're the people that just talk about craft beer all the time, and the oaky after, you know, taste that's in it, <laughs> and look down on me for drinking a Budweiser product. I'm sorry, but you need a slap. You need yeah. a slap of reality. Yeah, it's time. It's time on that one. But I think the crux of it is um, Generation Z is apparently tired of corruption, uh, economic inequality, climate mm. change, and virus outbreaks that, according to this other story I read in Newsweek, they attribute to the older generation's perceived lack of consideration and resistance to change mm -hmm. in, in the changing world culture. Now, I'll say this. They have something, and uh, me and my slightly older sister have discussed this at times. Yeah. That, you know, I'm not sure which generation falls into, but it's basically the one after us. Yeah. They've grown up their entire lives with big scandals, whether yeah. it be from religious figures, political figures, sports figures, mm -hmm. one giant scandal after another. So, yes, naturally, they would be adverse to that, and it would also lead to their extreme mistrust of anything, Everything. Sure. governmental or systematic or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, worse than we ever were growing yeah. up as kids. Really? Because I think, by and large, not everybody, but by and large, up until my 30s, I bought the line that government would sell to me, yeah. you know? And I believed in the best and brightest go into office because they want to innately try and improve things and help yeah. govern people. Yeah. It wasn't until later that I saw everything. So maybe I was the naive one. But all of these younger generations now are just so cynical and douchey about everything. Yeah, they do seem to be. Well, it's, again, it's you, you, you have a, you know, when you're living under your, uh, under your parents' uh, tent and under your parents' mm -hmm. protection, you, know, you develop ideals. You know, sure. how, how things should be. Right. And then you consequently have those ideals absolutely and utterly crushed by right. reality. And thus, you know, begats the cynicism. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe it's a situation where, you know, that, that phase that you go through of, of getting all your bullshit ideas completely shredded. It's getting, easy to be getting, idealistic when your belly's full. Oh, God, yeah. Put it and everybody way. else is paying the bills. Right. You know? <laughs> but I think the, the, the age that that happens is getting younger and younger. Yes, and, uh, you know, in the case of Generation Z, yeah, the, the amount of scandals and trauma that they've had to go through in a very short period of time, I guess it's very understandable, you know, why may, they may take this tact, yeah. you know? And at some point, you know, when you're 16, 17, 18, and you're not a, not a wise-ass know-it-all, mm -hmm. there's something wrong here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there really is. Because that is the rite of passage. It, it, and that's the best way to put it, is kind of rite of passage. And you, then you've got to venture out with these ideals or whatever you have, your perception of right and wrong, mm -hmm. get your ass kicked mentally and physically. Oh, yeah. Come back home, stay with your parents for a while, watch them smirk at you, and then you reassess and try it all over again. Mm 
Some people could do that and they become very successful and they deal with life on its own terms. Yeah. Other people become artists or yeah. protesters. Yeah. yeah, very much so. <laughs> Much so. I tried life at lost, so now I'm a professional protester. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm a professional <laughs> prick. <you know? laughs> and really, what is the, I think, crowning achievement of any, um, I don't know, uh, groundbreaking generation coming up? I mean, let's face it, there's some generations that came and went and they were like, eh, you know? Right. But with, <laughs> with these guys, I came across a story on insider.com that had a list of, I think it was 24 or 25 new Generation Z terms. Oh, my. That are uh, unique to their generation. And okay. it's like, once you have those that happen, when you have these idiots in the media trying to yep. you know, come up with your, your, your list of new terms and define them for the older, dumb people, right. uh, you've arrived. You, know, that's, you mean like there. in the 80s when we had radical and bogus? That kind of shit. Our own? Yeah, yeah. Or in the <laughs> 90s, you know, all the terms that came out of the grunge era. I don't remember any of those. Well, the funny thing was... And <laughs> I don't remember is, the 90s either. This is, kids, just, just as a little example of how you All handle right. this. When grudge was blowing up, uh-huh. uh, I think it was somebody from the New York Times called the Sub Pop Offices in Seattle, mm-hmm. which, of course, was the epicenter of this blowing up, you know, flannel thing going on, <laughs> and caught somebody in the office and asked them, you know, what, what, you know, what kind of terminology do you use? And I wish I could remember the name of this person because she was absolutely brilliant. But she proceeded to feed this reporter with such a line of bullshit. I mean, right. she made up a bunch of terms and just spun them around. I and love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this, this idiot reporter ran with it. And right. it got published in a major American newspaper. And it was complete and utter bullshit. Gibberish. Yeah, it was ridiculous. <laughs> and and that's the, the, the difference between generations. Yep. And yep. anytime, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll cite a couple of terms here, but I want to qualify this by saying. Anybody from an older generation that tries to use the terminology of the younger generation is a douchebag. Yeah. An absolute yeah. douchebag. You look like an idiot <laughs> trying to, you know, you got to let Instantly the kids expose out. yourself. Yeah, totally. Yep. You know, you're an idiot. So put the top back up on your Corvette. It's yeah. okay. Grow old gracefully. Yeah. But apparently a couple of these times they're using the word cringe. Hmm. Um, all new. It's, uh, it's no longer an active. It's a passive, I guess you could huh. say. Um, clowned. Is another term, yep, yep. which is kind of kind of amusing. I kind of like that clown. <laughs> Funnier you know? than an actual clown, certainly. Yeah, and another one I, I came across in this idiot list was dunked on. Dunked on. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I think again, you know, if every generation's got to have their terms. Sure. That that the older generation has no clue what they're saying. You're like speaking in code in front of them, right. and you're making fun of them in front of them, <laughs> and they don't even know what's happening. And you know, the really lamest lamest of the lame will try and use those terms when they're talking to you yep. and it, it doesn't fly and it looks like it makes you look like an even bigger asshole than you are and that's the whole point of it gotcha and i i think that's that's being lost on millennials because millennials are some of the worst at the whole not growing up thing yeah you know again the the the, the jeans and and sneakers thing <laughs> when you're 40 is like oh come on <laughs> oh, come on Deal with reality. Deal with the eventuality that you're going to grow old and fucking die. Right. You know, right. that's just the way it works, man. But, uh, but yeah, it, I mean, this, this generational class shit just amuses me to no end. It really does. And it's, it's funny for us because, like I said, we don't really have a dog in the race. No, nope. We're no, young no. at heart. We're, we're hip. We know what's going on. We know the score. Say, <laughs> so, this is what everybody our age says. And in reality. Well, what I tend to fall back on is I don't know. I don't want to know. And as long as you people keep doing things that amuse me, right. I'll, I'll go with it. 
You know? Here's a sobering thought. Somewhere out there, maybe in multiple instances, somebody's grandparents are listening to us. Most likely. Chuckling. Like, I get them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, that's the point is you, you're not supposed to. You know, the last thing you want when you're a teenager is for your parents to, quote unquote, understand right, you. Right, because that just ruins it. Well, that gives you one less club to beat them with. Yeah. You know, the whole point of being being at that age and being an adolescent is you're not understood by the older generation. Right. And don't kid yourself, kids, if any of you are listening <laughs> right now. That's exactly the way you want it to be. That's not our demographic, dude. No, it's no. not. I know. It's 40 I know. to 50. 40 but, to 50, kids. Yeah, well, you know, maybe... <laughs> Well, maybe some 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 uh, Gen Z. I guess they're called Zoomers now. Yeah, I have no idea. That's, about that's any of a, that. a term. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it just may be an idiot term uh, from you know again a reporter from Newsweek who's too old and stupid to understand right. that they're, they're getting taken. But yeah, Generation Z. I've seen I've seen the term called Zoomers, which is of course is not far from Boomers, which probably pisses the kids off to no end, and it would probably. piss me off to no end. And it's kind of kind of. Not very creative. It really isn't. Yeah. Um, and I mean, what's up after Generation Z? You know? Embryos. Generation. The e generation. A- gen- generation <laughs> asshole. I mean, I mean, where are we going with this? Well, let's, like, you know, wrap up this segment with our salute to all the other incredible human beings we've showcased on this uh, podcast. Yep. And that, of course, would be go shit in your hat. <laughs> And the immortal words of me, go shit in your hat. Welcome to Riffs and Rants, folks. Go shit in your hat. (laughs) Both barrels on both sides, and we don't really care what you think. That being said, uh, magic time has snuck up upon us. Okay, all right. Are we going to throw down another gem? Oh, yes, sir. It's time for the middle gem. I like it. And something a little whimsical. Well, today. yes, yes, because this is a, a Johnny Teflon gem. It is. And Johnny is nothing if not whimsical. Uh, always. Yes. <laughs> Just nonstop Santa's Village here. We're going to go with a group uh, called Save Ferris All with right. their cover or slash remake yeah. of the uh, classic tune, Come On Eileen. By okay, Dexter's is, is there a reason why we're uh, we're going with a going with well, a Well, there's a little John? foreboding, sir. Is but it maybe really? towards the end of the program, it'll all make sense. Okay, and maybe we should like do that for now on because we did that last episode too. What makes sense? Well, yeah, to, to a smaller extent, but <laughs> keep people guessing on the overall theme of the gems S- until the very story end. of my life, John. Story of my life. I mean, this keep is like guessing. network show level writing we're doing here oh, I, I think right. you know, beginning right. middle end Tarantino time jumping do we it's really crazy want, do we really want to lower ourselves to their level though always yes. whatever right. pays the rent sir there we go All as right. I look at my latest royalty check for $1.91 <laughs> thanks advertisers <laughs> great alright so here's that tune by Save Ferris and we'll come back and talk about that and then also waiting in the wings another episode of The Doctor is Incognito we'll be right back
this moment You mean everything to me Shakalaka. Well, well, that was jaunty. That it was, was that was fun. And we needed, that. you know, we were due for a song with a little ska influence. Yeah, yeah. You know, to, to borrow a note or two from Saturday Night Ska, one of our featured shows gonna, here gonna on Big Radio. I was going to say, rock and roll heaven twenty four seven. Ooh, gotta love that. <laughs> yeah, that was tasty. That was cool. It's that, fun. Was, that was that uh, was Dexy's Midnight Runners. I think originally uh, back in early eighties, eighty one. I think 81. it was. That was good fun back then too. I actually remember those yeah. those days. Yeah, buddy, that might was, have turned me on to that that band when I used to do some shows live and I was yeah. like yeah I kind of like this version of it early MTV shit you know yeah. but yeah that was fun that was a good call John whimsical, whimsical. what's it all about that's, whimsy that's, that's Johnny Teflon first thing first word that comes to your mind when you think Johnny Teflon is whimsical whimsy and yes. I make you feel good <laughs> Speaking of feel good, oh, is the doctor in the house? The doctor oh, is in the house. Goodness. The doctor is go. incognito. It's time for another episode of The Doctor is Incognito yep. with Professor Heinrich Schuf. And he's going to give us one of his bi monthly updates on where we stand with COVID 19. I can hardly wait. And let's not wait then. Here we go, folks. Good evening, everybody. It is time once again. For another episode of The Doctor is Incognito with your host, Professor Heinrich Snoof. Uh, thank you once again, Johnny, for letting me be on oh, show. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Welcome. Yes, yes well, I, I, I enjoy coming and talking to the people. We enjoy And uh, perhaps uh, lending some of my expertise, if you will, uh, to the matters of the COVID-19 Outstanding. Uh, I see some of my uh, uh, contemporaries are uh, volunteering as well, like this uh, uh, Dr. Fauci. Really? Yes, yes, Dr. Fauci. I know Dr. Fauci. No we kidding. We uh, we worked together many many years ago. Uh, he's uh, he worked for Mussolini. Yes, he did. I, I, oh. I believe it was him. Uh, and we worked together on on a grand scale with other types of. Uh, medicinal uh, projects um, and again I, I would be happy to offer my input uh, to the teams working on a, a vaccine for the COVID-19 uh, a, a, a final solution to the problem if, if you will what yes I said yeah yes what? final solution or you know to make it go away oh, forever oh, oh, okay okay, okay. Uh, not many new advances, uh, as it appears the Russians uh, say that they have a vaccine, but they do not wish to test it on anybody. It makes no sense. And right. In, in my experience, uh, you must test these things in the laboratory on living subjects as much as you can, oh. and in many different ways. <laughs> uh, but So I, I, I doubt the validity of the Russians claim uh, that they have a vaccine. And besides, as we all know, the Russians are filthy liars. Well, yeah, you cannot you trust the that. communists. Yeah. Um, 
In the other news with the COVID-19, uh, they are calling for everyone to wear the mask. And some people, uh, some people okay wearing the masks. Other people not so. Yeah, okay I don't mind doing it. Me, I don't mind wearing masks. You, you could yeah. maybe say I've been wearing a mask for the last 50 years. <laughs> Sometimes huh. a mask brings a peace of mind when no one knows who who you are. You, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, John. You, you're a sneaky one, not like that yeah. Michael Sean Lee that you, you oh, work boy. with. Oh. <laughs> he is the type that would uh, offer sexual favors to avoid pain. I, oh, I know the type. On, that's not fair. I know the type. I know the type. Uh, uh, other news? Um, well, uh, COVID-19 continues to, to poll better than, than Hillary Clinton. See? Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I said that joke last time. I know. I know. I don't have many jokes. But, uh, you know, we remain hopeful that, uh, they will somehow have a valid, uh, vaccine for the COVID-19 by the turn of the year. Um, however, since modern science cannot cure cancer or AIDS or male pattern baldness, I'm not so sure we will have a vaccine by first of year. Good but, point. Hey, keep your your fingers crossed, and uh, we will hope for the best. And, and uh, that's about it for that. All I have to say about this, uh, you know, I, I see you had a big storm and a, and a tree blew down in oh, yeah. your yard, big Johnny. One. I would be happy. Uh, to come over and help you get rid of that tree. Oh no, I got it. I got it. No. Yep. Okay. Well. Yep, I'm good. Okay. I make sure your lawn looks good, though. We have uh, we have standards to oh, keep I in know. the neighborhood. We're working on it. I wouldn't want to see you fall behind. Okay. I know you do the right thing. Okay. Oh, so once again, thank you. This has been Professor Heinrich Snoof, and this is the doctor is incognito. That man is an American treasure. Is, is his lawn well, still perfect? More or less American. Is his, that's what I want to know. It's pristine. Yeah. Pristine. Looks like bushwood over there. Because that's that's <laughs> when I would worry if that was not the case. If oh, I yeah. drove by Snoof's house and the lawn was looking a little overgrown, you would know I'm, something's I'm afoot. thinking apocalypse, man. I'm thinking we're, I'm thinking all, maybe we're like all going down. The Mossad finally tracked him down. That's what I that's would think. That's possible as well. Not casting any, uh, you Hadn't know, opinions thought of on that, that. But yeah, it's, 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 if, yeah. If, if, that's the Snoof reality right there, I think. Yeah, if Ooh. Commando's dressed in black, smelling of gefilte fish ever raided his compound yeah. i would not be surprised one o'clock in the morning bingo yeah yeah, yeah. not on a sabbath though i'd be a little worried if i was a snapper just a little <laughs> though he, i'm sure he raises you know the the the, the property values around here oh with, he does you know yeah. as, as meticulous as he is about the exterior of the snoof compound yes and a very very white picket fence that he has yeah yeah I didn't see a Black Lives Matter sign over there, did you? And you won't, sir. No. I don't no. I'm not expecting it. I'm really not. But I tell you what does matter. Yes. Our final subject matter yes. for this episode. What we've been referencing yes. and keeping people in suspense about for what they these last in, in 40 radio? minutes. Is this like the reveal now, or is that magic? I think so. No, okay. I think that's, that's also in radio. Radio borrows from everybody, so yeah. All right. Well, tell the good folks at home. What we're leaning well, towards, what we're what doing. You, what, you were ta- what you and I were talking about before the show, that, that there are some covers out there that actually surpass the original. They're actually a little bit better than the original. Indeed. And uh, they, are, they are few and far between. They are mm-hmm. rare, um, but they do exist. And uh, I believe our show opener 
was one of those songs. And then yes, it was. you and I came up with uh, the, the cover of the Dexys Midnight Runners tune, which, you know, we both agreed was maybe just a little bit better. Yeah. Just a little bit better than the original. <laughs> or at least a different take on it. There's a more lot of whimsical. Fun. Very much. <laughs> it's like this about an ice is, cream truck. Yeah. Uh, how much is the whimsical? <laughs> Five dollars, kid. And you want some pot? <laughs> well, this this definitely captures the mood of the show tonight. Is is whimsical, whimsy, you know? yes. and I, I think the world needs a little bit more whimsy these days. It most and we're does. happy to contribute. We yep. are, we are. So, yeah, we 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 uh, we came up with a little list of uh, of covers that, in our own humble opinion, Very surpassed humble. the original. Well, why don't you hit us with your top three, and I'll tell the folks my top three. All right, fair enough, fair enough. So, is it a countdown, like? Your least favorite to yeah, your most three, favorite? Three, two, one, John. Okay, three, three two, two, one. Three, two, one, and then everything explodes. <laughs> it, it'll be fun. Let's, let's do this. Um, my first one, a personal favorite, and uh, it's one of my, uh, I guess you could say, one of the more indulgent uh, songs. I'm glad you finally um, admitted that about something. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fond of, fond of uh, 80s band Bow Wow Wow. Okay, yeah. Since yep. we touched on it a little bit earlier. And uh, I love their version of I Want Candy. True story. Yeah, and it uh, the original was done by um, a band that called itself the Strange Loves, mm-hmm. but the Strange Loves were never really a band. the uh, The three guys that made up the quote unquote Strange Loves were actually studio producers who wrote hits for other bands. Those sons of bitches. And uh, I'm telling you, man, deception, deception <sighs> up and down the line. But they were they were so confident with this song that they wanted they wanted in on the the, the performance and probably the money. So they came up with um, a bio of the Strange Loves, you oh, know, wow. of a band from Australia. And uh, they even shot some promotional video, which is rare back in their time, which was, sure, I believe, sure. the early 1960s. Yep. You know, where they all done wigs and nice. whatnot. And they hired, they hired studio musicians and they, you know, played, played I Want Candy together. You know, these guys were, were musicians as well. But, uh, you know, there was never really a band called The Strange Loves. That's pretty scandalous. Yeah, it, it kind of is. It's kind of Milli Vanilli-ish, isn't it? I'm glad you yeah. said that because, ironically, as I was driving into that thing I call a job today, yes. up on the radio, I Get joined out. it halfway. No. Milli Vanilli, blame it on the rain. No shit. And it was so bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm listening to it. I'm like, I, I don't care who sings it. It's, it's shit. Wow. Talk about no easily kidding. digestible bubblegum pop. Well, when you know... When you when you're aware of the deception, it, it makes it worse. Yeah, it, does. it, it truly does. <laughs> it truly does. But uh, I always laugh because Bow Wow Wow didn't like this song. Didn't want to record it. Uh, it was suggested to them by by their producer, by their manager. They needed a quote unquote hit, which is part of the well, reality. It was. It's part of the reality of being you know an, a young right. band. And uh, none of them none of them wanted to record it. They all hated the song, but they turned around and absolutely killed it. Absolutely mm. killed it and turned it into a, a pop punk classic right. that is still regarded as one of the one of the greatest hits of the 1980s, sure. if you will. And if you think about it, they kind of blazed a trail for bubblegum pop acts. They truly did. You'll never see where I'm going with this one. All right, of of the 80s, yeah, such as the mall performing. Um, Tiffany singing <laughs> I, I Think We're Alone Now Yep Which was yep. Who sang that Was it Loggins and Messina yeah. um, Oh god oh, That was I think, I think Wasn't that a Tommy no. James tune I think it was Yeah Yes Yeah 
Well, I'll give I'll give Bow Wow Wow a little bit more props than Tiffany. Oh, sure, of course. Sure. I mean, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, some of those guys were from Adam Ants, uh-huh. uh, Crew the Ants, and whatnot. They were real musicians, right? As opposed to the bullshit Tiffany was doing. But still, that was that Clearly was. Clearly, you've never cried yourself to sleep listening uh, to. I think know, we're alone now. I know. A song of unrequited love. I kind of skipped over that thing. <laughs> I did, but it was the '80s. I kind of rejected it, but. Um, <laughs> But yeah, they did the song, they killed it, it became one of their biggest hits, and the rest is history. The rest is history, It folks. is, it is. So what do you got, John? Woof. Oh, we're going to switch back and forth? Yeah. This is so competitive. All right, my number three, uh, I, I'm going to go with George Thurgood, who's one of my favorites. Oh. But I totally, totally love his version of Who Do You Love? Hell yeah. Just because of the, the growling guitar yep. and bass lines in it. The drums are thumping like something out of a, of a big band, yep. Cuban Pete, you know, oh, type yeah. of song. George was a rocker. Yes. He was a rocker. He was the definition of a rocker. Yep, and that for me, like when I'm just driving around, that's one of the songs we used to talk about that makes your foot kind of press down on the gas pedal a little mm-hmm. bit. Absolutely. And I could sing along and I can get the high notes, and it's just it's one of my faves. So yeah, yeah that's my I, have a, I have a funny relationship with George Thorogood. I'm Everybody a, funny. Give it, yeah. <laughs> now you funny, funny too. too. <laughs> I'm not supposed to like George Thorogood, but I, I, it's almost like he's a guilty pleasure to me. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, some of the stuff he does, I mean, heavy-duty, heavy-duty guitar rock. Yeah. And just, just, you know, bare bones, this is the way it's supposed to be. Yep. And, uh, and, yeah, props. And definitely. he made no apologies. It is no. kind of like the same sound over and over. But he didn't care. Made yeah. a lot of money off that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I had a friend back in my L.A. days who used to play softball. With George Thorogood, oh. and and he had nothing but high praise for George. You know, George would come in. You know, yeah, I drank my drank my breakfast sure. this morning. You know, let's play <laughs> some ball. So, yeah, yeah, you can't help but love the guy. You really all can't. All right, what's your so, number two? My number two. All right, I'm gonna go with uh, Tommy James, a classic called "Dragging the Line" oh. that was covered by REM uh, yes. for the uh, Austin Powers: The Spy Who Shagged Me movie. Um, Love the REM version. I, 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 I think that it was just a situation where REM was a much better band than the guys that Tommy right. James played with. Because the sound is very similar. Yeah. But the quality of it and the richness of it, you could tell. Very much yeah. so. Very much so. And I always, it was always fascinating to me, that song. And, and there's been a lot of debate about what the term dragging the line means. Is this one of your conspiracy theories? Oh, uh, well, you know, <laughs> I guess we could, we're, we're going there. Well, it's kind He's of funny. He's taking us under the overpass, There folks. we go. A little, little background. <laughs> Get your squeegees ready. Yeah. Well, the tune was recorded by Tommy James and the Shondells okay. in 1970. Yep. And then the Shondells broke up. Tommy went solo. And they took the song back into the studio, sweetened it up, add, added the horns and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And... Re-released it when on I think it was Tommy's first uh, solo album in 1971, and it became the single biggest tune he ever ever had. Right, and uh, and it is a, a definitely a uh, I don't know a hallmark of that era. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear the original version, and that just reeks of that early 1970s whimsical <laughs> pop stuff. You know. <laughs> And then REM grabbed it and ran with it, and they kind of psychedelicized it, which is very cool. And uh, and of course, you know, just Michael Stipe's vocals are amazing, and and I think they were paying reverence to it too. I mean, they didn't really depart from the original uh, arrangement of it; they just blew it up. And it was them at their peak when they did it. Very much so. Very much so. So yeah, that's my number two, John. What do you got? Number two selection. 
Well, I'm going to break my normal character. Oh, God. Or archetype or whatever right. you want to call All it. All right. And uh, I'm going to include a band which is very good. It's just not one of my personal favorites, kind okay. of except for this song. All right. And fans of this band are going to be like, what kind of jackass are you? That's not their best work. I'm, 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 I'm thinking we need a drum roll here or something. There we go. Go Metallica, Whiskey in the Jar. Ah, yes. Right? Yes. You never hear me talk about Metallica. No, you don't. Right? You're, not, you're not a Metallica guy. You're I'm not. not. I do like, you know, Enter Sandman, and I happen to like this song. A lot of their stuff to me is just it's too much and too long. You know, yeah. I'm a four-minute song guy, and a lot of that stuff just kind of goes and I'm, I'm kind of in the same camp with you. I was never a huge Metallica fan, though I respect the hell out of them sure, for what they managed to accomplish and whatnot. Longevity, everything. And the Thin Lizzy original is is a pretty tasty tune. And you know I'm a Thin Lizzy fan. Yeah. But. But, Jesus, they, they blew it up. <laughs> they drove a truck through They strapped thrusters to this song and took it to the moon. Yep, yep, they really did. <laughs> and even in the video... It was one of those videos that used the, um, I call it a vibration camera. Okay. So the camera would shake just perceptibly enough yeah. on every downbeat on the wow. drums or the, the low bass line yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And it's like showing like a house party of sorts. Yeah. And you follow it like throughout the house, like a first person view. Yeah. It just it just matches it. And you know, that's what I think of when I hear that song. I'm like, oh, it's time to rock out now. Yeah, oh absolutely. Know? Absolutely. That's one of those tunes where it comes in the radio, you're mm-hmm. getting a speeding ticket because yeah, totally. you you're putting the gas pedal to the floor. So that is my number two. I like it. I like it. All right, so I got to bust a number one here. Yes, you do. I, you know, I hate to say or it. Or do you want me to jump to my number one and then use a gem on your number one? I like that thought. Right? I like that nice thought. Nice continuity. Good, good thinking, Johnny. Good All thinking. Right. Let's do that. That's it for me this week as far as good thinking. I'm <laughs> off the hook. All right, so mine, which should come as no surprise to anybody, and it was also the opening tune. And there we go. Right. Is Van Halen's You Really Got Me, of course, originally done by the Kinks. Mm-hmm. And what better way... To showcase, like I said, the band that made its bones doing covers, then hitting us with the ultimate cover, which in a recent survey of all-time greatest rock covers came in second to the one that you're going to treat us to right now. Liner notes, Johnny. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I put the work in. And and I'm in complete agreement with you. They, (laughs) If any band mastered the art of doing covers... It was Van Halen. Yep. They blew that one up. They even did a respectable version of Dancing in the Streets. And as we know from Mick Jagger and David Bowie, that's not easy to do. No, no. (laughs) Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. South America. Ouch. (laughs) Well, hey, it was Live Aid, right? Right. Hey, it helps the kids, whatever. But yeah, busting the number one. Thank you for the lead in. Uh, Of course, everybody's aware of this. And you want to talk about driving a truck through the original uh, all along the watchtower. You know, Jimmy just blew yes. it up. Just blew it up. Yes, I and mean, yes. They were Bob Dylan's words, and you know, Dylan's version is is fantastic. Don't get me wrong, yep. but Jimmy took that song and just ran with it. He and put atmosphere on it. That's what I was looking for you to say because when he said it, you hit the nail on the head, some songs are just about that atmosphere, like the way Frank Sinatra could croon in a in a hotel basement bar, mm-hmm. and you feel like you're there. Yeah. When Jimmy does this song, it's like the fog settles into the room as, as oh, you're listening man. to it. Yeah. And, yeah, he's working off amazing lyrics by Bob Dylan and, of course, William Shakespeare. Yep. But he makes it his own. It was perfect for the times. Yep. And it was not long after Dylan had done it, if I'm correct. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was right. Well, that was kind of the custom of the times. People were still taking songs that they respected. And they were cool with it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Jimmy did a version of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Club Band. 
<laughs> about five minutes after the Beatles released the album. <laughs> and it was kind of a, a nod of respect. It sure, was like, sure. I... Whereas now they just get sued. Yeah, it's instantly. ridiculous. It's, it's, yeah, I'm ripping you off. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it, it, it was probably just a short, short time after, after Bob released that. And, uh, and if you're Bob Dylan, you, you can't help, I would think, uh, to be honored Right. By what Jimmy did with yeah, that. Yeah, because really, no matter how good the Jimmy Hendrix version is, it still pays homage to the Bob Dylan version. Absolutely. It just makes it even better. Yeah. And both versions are so good, again, because of the lyrics and, mm-hmm. and the message in it. It's, it's amazing. And I don't know if we'll ever see a song like that done by two different artists that close together yeah. where they're both just phenomenal. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. Yeah, scary. scary. What do I know? I'm a boomer. <laughs> I don't think you're a boomer, John. It's all right. It's all right. Calm down. Isn't anybody over 27 a boomer now? See, this is where uh, I, just, I don't know what's going well, on. Well, from what I understand, according to Gen Z, it's a, it's a, the cutoff is 40. Oh, boy. Apparently, after 40, you're gross. Let me just drink my whiskey and insure and, <laughs> you know... Watch old Lawrence Welk or something, or episodes of MASH. Oh, dear God. Oh, <laughs> Lord. So, hey, on that note, wow. we talked about the gem. Yes. Let's play them the gem Let's so they can it. enjoy it, too. Let's do it. And we'll be back in a couple minutes with some more things and stuff. be some kind of way out of here Say the joker to the thief There's too much confusion I can't get no relief Businessman there Drink my wine Plowman dig my earth None will level on the mine Nobody of it is worth No reason to get excited 
right? That tune never, never ceases to give me shivers. A tune by the master. You know? I mean, just, just the apocalyptic vibe yeah. that Jimmy came up with that. I don't know if Bob ever conceived of that when he wrote the lyrics. And if he didn't, that makes it even better. Yeah, yeah. But that was just vintage, vintage Hendrix. Yep. You know, just, just And scary. you can see why that won the number one, you know, remake of all time. Oh, yeah. Because it's so solid. Yep. Yep. How could you not love that? Yep. Grabbed it and ran with it. Jimmy yep. just blew it up. Just blew it up. Did you have any uh, token honorable mentions in your favorite remakes? Um, we could yeah, listen to one or two know, of those. What do you got? Um, I'm big fan of Eddie Vedder's version of uh, the Beatles song, Hey, You Gotta Hide Your Love Away. All right. Which sure, I think sure. was part of the Dead Man Walking soundtrack. All right. Um, big fan of that. I think Eddie really nailed that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's good fun. I still pick up the guitar now and then. And uh, and throw down just in the privacy of my own home when sure. I had a few drinks, and that's that's <laughs> that's one of the tunes I like touching on. It just feels good to play. Yeah. Uh, the very obscure uh, cover Jane's Addiction did of a great Grateful Dead song called Ripple. Okay. Uh, back in 1990, they did it for a uh, an album. I, if I remember correctly, it was called Dedicated. Uh, that was uh, it was some kind of fundraiser for something. It might have been Greenpeace or something mm-hmm. like that. A lot of good songs on the album, um, covers the dead tunes. But I, you know, being a fan of Jane's Addiction that I am, I think Jane's really, really blew up their effort and their cover of the song. Gotcha. Uh, I think that you know was the most respectable tune mm-hmm. uh, on the album. Of course, at the time Jane's was peaking, they were at their 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 best at that point. Um, those are two that that uh, that came to mind right off the top of my head. I don't right. know. You got you got one. Well, I always liked, and we had talked about this like early on in uh, one of these episodes that um, the Aerosmith version of "Train Kept the Rolling." Yeah, and how many like other scores of stars had, had done a version of that, but theirs just held up the best. Oh yeah, well they covered they covered the Yardbirds on that one. Yeah, you know the Yardbirds. I don't know to anybody who's not familiar <laughs> with the Yardbirds. Uh, they started off with Eric Clapton on lead guitar. Yep. Clapton left. Jeff Beck came in. Uh, Jimmy Page joined the band on bass. At one yep. point, he put the bass aside, and it was Jeff Beck and Jimmy Page on you know, back-and-forth yep. guitars. You couldn't put l- rhythm or lead on either Seriously. one. Seriously, and yet they call Toto a super group. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just, you know, when you think about it, how did the Yardbirds not... You know, become a Zeppelin level band. Right, right. You know, it's stunning. But yeah, Aerosmith's cover of Train Kept a Rollin', which was, of course, a Yardbirds gem, yep. was brilliant because they, they tacked on the, the uh, audience yes. shit. That, that wasn't a live recording. Yeah. <laughs> it really wasn't. And I'm also, you know, partial naturally to anything Van Halen, but also their cover of uh, Pretty Woman. Yeah. Oh, for two uh, reasons. Because yeah. oh, was... it's just, it's a, a definition of the brown sound that Eddie created. Yeah. Um, and just a great song. Tip of the hat to Roy Orbison. Yep. But also the video uh, has the distinction of being the first video banned on MTV. Really? Yep. Why was it banned? If you remember, there was a, what's the proper phrase these days? A mm. transgender person. Get out. Who plays the damsel in distress. No. I always thought it was the gaggle of midgets pawing at her in right. a sexually suggestive manner. But yes. oh no. At the very end, before it fades to black, shh. He ah, takes ah, off ah. the wig, and it's a dude. No kidding. And that was enough to get it banned wow. on MTV. Wow. So, hey, that's, that's my boys in action, right? Yeah, no, yeah. Props to Van Halen for pushing the envelope. Sure, you know. And the, the midgets—that was all David Lee Roth. I'm not. I surprised. read in his, his autobiography with a fun read that is. <laughs> he would always on his solo career. He would always bring one or two midgets with him just for entertainment value. Yeah. And to do things to shock people and everything. Yeah, that's that's funny. 
Well, you know, you bring up Aerosmith uh, as far as covering songs. They had a great version of Walking in the Sand. Okay. Uh, which was, uh, God, I wish I could remember who the... It was a girl group mm-hmm. uh, from the 1950s, Phil Spector. Uh, was it the Shrill? No, maybe. Uh, maybe, maybe. But uh, th- th- that's a song that, that a lot of people have covered. Right, You know, the right. Go-Go's have a version of that somewhere back in the oh, early... Oh, the Go-Go's, the, so yes, underrated. Yes, I know, I know. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I, I that was one of the tunes, and I had actually flirted with the idea of putting it on the list, as far as like versions that are better than the original. Sure, sure. But uh, yeah, Aerosmith murdered that one. That was on the uh, Night in the Ruts album, if I remember correctly. Gotcha. Yeah, just good stuff. Well, it's time for that that magical question. Yeah, Johnny, what do we got? What do we got going on in Big Boom Radio this week? Well, I tell you what, it's still in the uh, the speculation and how we're going to make this happen phase. All right, um, but it's time to attack a new medium. Okay, okay. And before I even say that, by the way, folks, all these songs that we talk about on the show and we play on the show, they're available for your listening pleasure on both Spotify and and Pandora. Both of which also carry this very podcast. Fascinating. So that's a thing. All you got to do is type it in, riffs and rants, boom, we'll make you famous. It's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's our slogan. Like it? Try it on? Maybe? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm thinking of taking this sucker to the visual medium All right. via YouTube. Really? And getting like a little YouTube channel. Now, clearly, we could put up a still image and just have our recorded episode up there, but yeah. that's too amateurish for me. Yeah, uh, uh, you're ambitious. I'll <laughs> and, give you and, that. You know, you, you can't challenge a guy who doesn't sleep with, with a half-ass, you know, creative project. This is true. I've been meaning to ask you about that, but we'll get to that <laughs> off air. Anyway. So, failed artist that I am, uh, I might have to develop some characters for us and throw in some rudimentary animation. Oh, my goodness. With our whole cast of recurring characters we on the show. We got a few. We do. We do. We're g- gaining a... Uh, Oh, not a Pandora's box. What's the word? <laughs> a, a, it's not a gaggle. Whatever it's the word is, it is a Pandora's box. <laughs> bunch of weirdos, basically. Let's call it that. Uh, a rogues gallery. That's rogues what I'm gallery. looking for. Rogues gallery. There yeah. we go. There a we go. rogues gallery like of characters. We'll, like we'll breathe life into them as well. Mm. But it's obviously super ambitious. But Thumbdar U2s is giving out a lot of money this per view. This is true. And again, as I hold my royalty check for $1.91 in my <laughs> hand, I'm looking towards perhaps new opportunities. Well, I don't know about you, but I'd love to see an anime version of Snoof. I really would. Yes. Oh, and, Professor Snoof would be priceless. And Sir Nigel. Yes. You know, I didn't even think of Sir that Nigel. That would be, be epic. There. Epic. And of course, the newest member of the, uh, the Big Boom Radio. Connor McConnelly. Riffs and Rants crew, <laughs> Connor McConnelly. Of course, B. We'll, yep, we'll get yep, one in there yep, too. Absolutely. And, uh, B. B. Biting the shit out Tula of all of them. McBride. Of course, yes. hers might be a little risky. Yeah, you got to be careful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, our whole cast of characters might be included. So that's what I'm thinking about now. I just need to like a get some sleep and B. Spend some time in the old think tank and see what I can come up with. Be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that being said, I think that's about going to wrap up this yet another fun episode Good stuff. of Riffs and Rants. We've got like two in a row that we've actually enjoyed yeah, doing. had a good time today. <laughs> this might a be a precedent. Today, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> of course, this show is brought to you in part, unpaid advertisement, by the good folks at Jaeger and, and, and whatever liberal swill you were drinking <laughs> this week. Um, absolute vodka and... and Something else. All right, there you go. I think I was washing down vodka with vodka, John. You I were. Know, I think you I was. You did. Yes. Shots of vodka with vodka and seltzer. Yeah. But hey, at least you match. It's like a fine suit. You know, it's consistency. I'm all about consistency. 
Very good, sir. Very and, good. And sponsorship deals, by the way. Yes. <laughs> Throw that <laughs> out to way. Absolute, folks. Yes. So, as always, thank you so much for joining us. I am Johnny Teflon. And I'm Michael Sean Lee. And we'll see you all on the flip side.